What's going on, Drunken Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But, you know, what we gotta do before we start the podcast? We gotta pay a couple bills. We got some sponsors to talk about. First and foremost, we were brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. That's right, the video versions on Vimeo in full HD, ad-free, experience the madness, the wacky facial expressions, the nudity, no ads. All that fun shit on Vimeo for 99 cents an episode or $6 a month gets you all 78 or 79 or 80. I don't even know how many video versions are up at the moment. Unlimited streaming. Just watch them as much as you want. And of course, any money you spend on Vimeo supports me directly, which would be awesome right now because, you know, COVID and shit. Money's still a little tight. So check that out today at www.andwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We're also brought to you this week by uh, my Twitch stream. That's right, Drinking Buddies. Every week, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm playing video games for your entertainment. I'm getting silly on the internet and fucking shit up. So come check that out at twitch.tv slash Slayer. That is twitch.tv slash Slayer. Come hang out in the chat. Make me do some shots. It's a good fucking time. And last, but not least, we are brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please sends you one album that's essential to the modern vinyl collection. And it comes packaged with bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, album-inspired art prints, and custom cocktail pairing recipes. It is so much for your money. If you are a music fan, if you are a vinyl fan, sign up for Vinyl Me Please today. It is not like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel any time. So sign up today at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. My guest this week is newbie adult performer Jamie Jett. I gotta say, Jamie is an absolute fucking joy. Not only is she studying political science in college right now, she's going to be a lawyer. Holy shit. I can't imagine all the judges that are just going to be distracted by her. But in the meantime, we talked about everything from Fosta-Sesta to almost dying in a threesome with fucking rattlesnakes to music to all sorts. It just went all over the place. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. I'm sure... We will have Jamie on again, especially because she foolishly agreed to hire me as a roadie. Sucker. So in the meantime, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy Drinking Buddies. How the hell are you? I am so fucking good. How are you, Matt? I'm half awake. Like, <laughs> you got me up at real people hours. Like, what the fuck? Like, the sun's out. <laughs> I'm day drinking. It's good. So you got... Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Fuck yeah. 
What do you got in the cup there? Um, I'm drinking red wine because it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I shouldn't start on the whiskey yet. Um, no. I got uh, 19 Crimes wine because it uh, resonates with a little bit of history that I'm a nerd for. Hell yeah. Do you know that if you put that under camera, like the convicts tell stories? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The The label is the uh, one of the convicts from who was shipped to Australia for committing one of the 19 crimes. And it, yeah, it, like there's a full like video story if you put a camera on it. I was looking at that earlier. That's awesome. Like I, when I was showing them, I'm like, that's some rad marketing. Like who, whose idea was that? Like just, oh yeah, we're going to have an international label. It's brilliant. It is. It is. We live in a weird future. Like, my my alcohol's talking back to me and I'm sober, like <laughs> how <sighs> just mine. <laughs> I know you are pre-law, so I know all that stuff resonates with you. It does. Um I'm getting a degree in political science and I intend to go to law school at some point, uh, but I want to take a fun 10 year detour and go be, go be a porn star so I can make enough money to go to Harvard law and then, you know, go become the uh, lawyer to the sex workers and porn stars of the world. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That is a rad fucking goal. Like when you eventually get that law degree, you're going to more focus on like employment entertainment law or like outreach for sex workers. I mean, it depends on what, the issue frontiers of the time are. Um, I certainly hope it doesn't take 10 years, but I think getting FOSTA-SESTA repealed is the top of my wish list right now. The legal front. It would be great to see that overturned. I just feel like so much of America misunderstands it that it won't be popular to overturn. They packaged it up so nicely. It looks like such a nice law. It's like, all right, we're going to protect... children and the victims of sex trafficking. But what it does is conflate all online sexual content with sex trafficking, which is not great. Um, You know, I was a Tumblr porn creator pre FOSTA SESTA. So that a lot had a real big impact on my work specifically. So I was personally, have always been personally offended by it. Yeah, nothing nothing is more motivating than that. Like, oh, hey, you're fucking hurting my livelihood. Yeah. And it sucks because there's politicians that, like, I care for a lot of their policies and they were behind this or helped write it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. It's kind of it, both uh, both sides of the aisle are pretty bad when it comes to uh, sexual liberty, in my opinion, honestly. They are. I mean, and they're giant hypocrites about it in a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, red states Um, are primarily where pornography is consumed on the internet, but they're the first ones to be like, no, 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 no. Well, did you know that there's a difference in the porn search patterns in red states versus blue states? I did, but I'm not up on the specifics of it, which I feel like you may be. Hmm. Hmm. This is something that I find fascinating is that um, in like really liberal areas and cities and places where everyone votes very democratic and is, you know, all for equality. Um, the most common porn search terms are all around BDSM and power exchange. So it's like 
the uh, power structure that they all vote against in their everyday life is exactly what they're looking for when they're on Pornhub. Um, and it's the exact opposite for really conservative areas, like the family values, like Christian folks are always looking at uh, incest porn and, you know, corruption of the family content. So I find that fascinating personally. No, I definitely do too, especially because like, when they're alone at home, yeah, people are looking for taboo shit. And that's why, unfortunately, the industry continues to pump out so much incest porn is because it's being consumed. Ugh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Hey, I'm not here to kink shame, but not my <laughs> cup of tea. I have very vanilla porn habits. Very <laughs> vanilla. Not your uh, glass of whiskey. Nope. No, nope. no, nope. not my whiskey, not my tea, not not anything that I'm going to consume at all. Just not into it. I I am thankful that I have not had to do that yet in in my casting. Um. I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, are you gonna go with those kind of scenes, or you're just gonna be like, okay, I know I'm just acting, or you're gonna try to bow out of doing that kind of stuff because it's gonna come. Well, I'm really, I'm really uh, apprehensive about the day that I'm going to have to convincingly call someone stepdad on camera. Um, but it's acting. You know, yeah. I'll go with it. It's art. It's performance. That's just what it's you have art. to tell yourself. It's like, you know, if you were doing Shakespeare, there's some incest that happens there, and no one belt, you know, bats an eye. Just you're going to have to have <laughs> sex with the person. I mean. <sighs> doesn't make them blood related or even step related to you in real life. It's acting. Right. I'm from the California kink scene. Uh, so nothing really phases me anymore. Uh, I've been around the like play party and orgy scene. And, you know, when you've seen people do crazy fucked up shit in front of like 400 people in a very crowded sex club, there's not much that happens in porn that is really surprising anymore. Personally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why do you think we don't see more of like that sort of stuff on a bigger scale in America? Because you go to places like Scandinavia and they will have live sex shows that are just available to the public. Why do you think it is such an underground taboo thing here in the States? Because we're such a Puritan country. Like, Americans are terrified of sex. Yet it's how we all fucking got here. Yeah, for real. For real, um, most Americans lose their virginity in cars because they're so uh, it's so uncommon to have access to like a, a safe, fun place to have sex when you're you know, a young person in America because our culture is so anti-sex, which is pretty sad, honestly. That is super sad, especially because most kids can't afford something with leather seats. So, you know, that's a stain that's not coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I think we lost mine in someone's bedroom while their parents were out of town. So Yay. <laughs> I also didn't have access to a car. So if, if it didn't happen in a bedroom, it would have happened in an alley or some shit. <laughs> you know, as a teenager, it's like, Oh, Hey, you're offering sex. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sex. Yes. Well, yes. I, I know it's crazy that like we are over 200 years into this fucking country and we're still so fucking puritanical. Yes. We were founded by goddamn prudes, but obviously Amsterdam's not burning to the ground. Oh, it's true. It's also such a double standard because Washington, D.C. is not a Puritan place at all. Not at all. It's Hollywood for ugly people. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. No one from D.C. I, ever likes that. Mm -mm. No, I had the uh, misfortune of working on uh, Capitol Hill for a summer, uh, so I had had to watch that firsthand. Oh, I'm... I'm 
kind of sorry, kind of interested. <laughs> like, do you think your former employer is going to ever come across your content? And <laughs> I hope they do. Honestly, <laughs> you can just give them a shout out in one of the videos. Like, this is for you. Thank you for the uh, summer internship. Yeah, like thank you, Congressman. You uh, working in your office was so boring, but <laughs> this is what I had boring. to turn to. <laughs> Well, this is what I wanted to do. This is a full, fully, uh, fully chosen. It was like of all of the careers in the world, this one seems like the most ideal. It's a crazy risky road for what you want to do later on, because unfortunately so many people are going to discriminate against you for what you're doing. And it's such a fucking bummer. And it shouldn't be. You are doing legitimate fucking work. You are doing a job. Like you are not committing crimes, but unfortunately your former employment's not a protected class, so people can fucking discriminate against you for it. And that sucks. Well, I'm hoping to, you know, be a precedent case when I do go apply to law school in 10 years. I'm hoping to have enough um, enough of a platform that if, if I show up with, you know, good LSATs, that if the only reason I'm rejected is because of my, like, porn career, uh, that I can make a big deal out of it and get the, um, the precedent changed for... All the other porn stars out there who really want to go to law school or grad school or office. I mean, they they pretty much just opened the door for mainstream (laughs) celebrities that want to come in. I'm pretty sure that that's, that's already open. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, Oh, Hey, you've acted in a couple of films. Yeah. You can come be prestigious at our fucking Ivy league school. So why can't they fucking open the door for you? Right. Right. Angelina Jolie has sex on camera. Oh yeah. Hell. She had sex with Billy Bob Thornton on the way to an award yep. show and then bragged about it while wearing his blood. That's a little more wild than most really? porn scenes. Oh, yeah. They, they had files oh. of each other's blood when they were when they were married. They walked on the red carpet and talked about it. That's kinky. Right. That's, that's pretty kinky. Wow. It's amazing, like, what mainstream celebrities are allowed to get away with. Like, that double standard, just because they're not actually showing their genitalia on screen. Occasionally in films, real sex happens. I mean, it's not often but it does happen in some films and no one ever discriminates against those performers yeah it's a total uh so it's really it gets into like what the line between porn and art is and i think it's a pretty blurry one i mean just in some of the shoots that i've done i've noticed a real difference like some i've shown up and it's been very clearly like okay like here's the pool boy you sleep with the pool boy pretty standard cliche plot um but you know i shot i did a really gorgeous scene with naughty america where like there was a party bus and i was with some of the most beautiful women that i've ever met in my entire life so i was like this is not this is not porn this is like art on the at least as much as a music video is i mean i guess the the way to determine if it's just flat out pornography or art is its overall intent it's like is this meant to just get someone's rocks off or is this entertainment then get someone's rocks off? Because I can definitely tell you know, back in the day, I definitely jerked off to things that were just films. Like, oh my God, like tits came out and fuck. You know, <laughs> just because I chose to jerk off to it doesn't mean that it wasn't art. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure someone jerked off to the Venus Bill Milo at some point. I mean, I definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the regular? Is that the, just your go-to? Oh, no, at this point, like, I've watched so much porn that, like, nothing surprises me. So I have to, like, go watch the news or something. Like, regular porn just doesn't do it. I have to just find, like, you know, go on ABC and just, like, listen to whatever crazy shit is going on in the world. And, like, 
It really just takes the surprising element at this point. Oh my god, are you sitting there jerking off to like LA car chases? Sometimes, yep. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 didn't. I hope he gets away. I hope he gets away. Oh, oh, oh god, the cops got him. The cops got him. This is a reenactment, folks. I promise. That, that, that's not how I'm sure it was much prettier when Jamie does it. I would hope a little. A <laughs> well, well, I got some of that coming out, so we'll see it. <laughs> yes, support her smuts. Yes, please. Yes, please. Right? Harvard doesn't pay for itself. Like Oh. It it does not. So support her smuts so she can get into Harvard. Oh my god, you are the, the first that's the goal, really. You are like the first entertainer I know that like we're literally starting a college fund for you with your porn. Yeah, yeah. I mean I just like I really want to get good at it fast too. I, I show up on set and I'm just like I'm so used to college, I'm like, okay, how do I get an A? How do I make everybody come? <laughs> like give me the give me the uh give me my grade how'd i do <laughs> well unfortunately the way this industry works sometimes you won't find out about that grade until way down the road when someone's gossiping about it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, unfortunately I, this industry is is high school with fucking i oh god i've noticed that i've, I've noticed that i've I've only been in the industry for two weeks. I just got back from my first ever like porn trip uh, to Las Vegas. Um, and I did eight shoots. And one of the things I was noticing is how, what a little click it is. But I've also, um, I've been amazed by, I think some of the most beautiful, kind people I've ever met in my entire life work in the porn industry. I think uh, Bella Elise Rose and Spencer Bradley are two of like the most genuinely beautiful, kind people smart, brave people I've ever met. And I ha I've had the pleasure of like meeting them through my industry work so far. And that's been awesome. I know you had Spencer on the show. Oh, I love Spencer. Ago, I love right? Spencer. Like she's, yeah. she's great. She's yeah. absolutely great. And what I have found, like I've been around for fucking decade at this point. What I found is like the people that you went to high school with that you would least expect to do porn are the ones doing porn is like, we were talking before we got off air about like me and Xander Corvus. Me and Xander play D and D on Saturdays. We play fucking Dungeons and Dragons on Saturdays. Right on. It, it's like wait a minute. It's the giant dorks that discovered their sexuality that are here. I mean, it's all just role play, right? If you <laughs> role play in D and D, it's not so far a leap. Well, a little less fluid exchange, hopefully. A little <laughs> less. Depends on the D and D circle. Well, I've, I've I, definitely been in one that was pretty kinky. <laughs> oh my god, you actually play D and D? That's amazing. Once, once back in the day, I um, my, I ran with a group of you know punk rock nerds for a while, and there was some D and D. There was a lot of mosh pits, a lot of drinking. You know, all part of the package. Usually, all at the same time. Nice, nice. I know you're right. You're not exactly looking punk rock these days, but I know you come from a punk rock background, like. Do you ever have like Liberty spikes and like multicolored hair and all like the typical punk tropes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had a Mohawk. I've done Liberty spikes. I've had uh hair in every color of the rainbow. It's um actually a little bit weird for me to be in porn and have them cast me as like girl next door. Cause I'm like, wait, no, you don't understand. That's I'm, I'm goth as fuck. Like that's, <laughs> that's not me. I, um, I showed up to set with a suitcase full of uh, black lingerie and boots uh, the first day, and they were like, honey, this is not going to work. <laughs> oh, that's that's no good. That's no good. Like, Because a part of making the art is being able to express who you actually are. So do you ever think that yeah. 
as you're more established in the industry, you're going to start doing your own production and do more, you know, things that inspire you, punk rock shit. And I hope so. I think, you know, if I had the opportunity to shoot my own stuff, it would be entirely like intellectual goth porn, like getting fucked over a chess set in, um, you know, everyone's everyone's in fishnets and there's 20 people involved. Um, you are really I, into the group sex, aren't you? Oh, yeah, it's more fun. It's more fun. <laughs> yeah, the, I've been in, interested in group sex since a long time before porn. I think that's actually how I ended up in the porn scene uh, was the kinky orgy scene first. Well, and I, was, I was curious about how you got into that kinky orgy scene in real life, like how how'd you get introduced to it? Like, cause I imagine that's not something you just wake up one morning and be like, you know what? Today I'm going to a gangbang. I mean, I've done that too off camera. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> now, but it's not like day one. You're like, mm, you know what? Had some breakfast worked out. I'm going to go find a gangbang. Like, how did you realize that you like that? Cause it, we do live yeah. in puritanical America that, that, that just that fact right there is mind blowing to a bunch of people that you'd even, consider that as fun or something exciting to do so it's, it's i'm curious how you ended up getting to there in the first place well, that's my favorite thing in the whole world um actually it was the punk scene that really got me into like sexual liberty and you know just like the like libertine like hedonistic culture is just my favorite thing in the entire world um i <laughs> honestly i think the true origin was having a lot of like sex and making out with people a lot um, in the mosh pit at punk shows and in the park outside, I think just like constantly switching partners and having an audience um, really got me used to being watched, which is why porn is just, it's honestly more vanilla than my real life. Well, I know that's why I'm much more curious about the real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think one, one good story is I was having a threesome at a speakeasy uh, punk bar. Um, this was a, it was a pretty wild place. It was built out of a, a warehouse um, into this just incredible, like punk rock Disneyland venue and a skate park. And if you slid a, a secret bookshelf wall to the side, you got into this speakeasy, like prohibition style bar. Okay. Um, does this place still exist? It does. It does not. It was, shut down in 2016 because it was very very illegal uh, i was about to be like I, once oh, we're off mic i was like I, I need to know where this is like but damn it i mean i've also been involved in working on creating new warehouse spaces in in the part of the world that i'm from so i can give you those details but uh, i will take the, the the short flight for it like hell yeah hidden bars and off the beaten track shit like that is my jam it was a pretty great bar um I'd say that the one, the one weird quirk it had was that uh, the bartender, who was also the venue owner, um, owned a rattlesnake, and he liked to keep his rattlesnake like in a, in a little tank behind the bar, um, for you know, for fun uh, and to scare everyone. Um, but it became a problem one time because the generator of this venue uh, was not particularly reliable and. One night it went out when someone was like handling the rattlesnake at the bar. And <laughs> so we're in this like 300 person venue. Uh, I'm like naked having a threesome on the pool table. Um, and suddenly like the lights shut out and 
<laughs> someone's like, fuck, I dropped the rattlesnake. And it's one of the scariest moments of my life. I can imagine. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least they'd have something to talk about at your, fun- at your funeral if that's how you went out. <laughs> right, that'd be a good way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's definitely a punk rock way to go. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Middle of three, some bit by a rattlesnake. Yeah, that would, wow. Pretty good, yeah. That, uh, I mean, uh, shit, now I got to think about how I want to die, because, like, I can't top that. Well, I'll give you the, like, bar details, and you can... You can... Go play with a rattlesnake <laughs> and hopefully have a three... Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I'm I'm already old enough that, like, at previous points in my life, I felt this was a fictional age, so I'm just on borrowed time anyways. Nothing like, you know, it's like, oh, hey, late 30s? That's, like, someone's parents' age. That, that, that's not real. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. What about the mindset? And now here I am drinking whiskey in the middle of the afternoon talking to you. So I guess it is real. Hmm. Hell yeah. So I want to know, the minute it's safe to do so, what band do you want to see? What show do you want to go to? Oh, God. Good question. Um, There's a goth band called Boy Harsher, which I really love. Uh, They do crazy shows i would love to go see them um i mean the the real and like the on-brand answer here is joan jett um my my hero and my like true love <laughs> forever uh, and the inspiration for my porn name so um yeah i would love to see joan jett on tour are you a fan of the runaways or just joan jett i mean i like the runaways too but really it's it's all Joan Jett. It's all Joan Jett. Nice. Yep. But I want to hear more about this goth band because I don't know them. They're pretty great. Uh, they do kind of electronic um, electronic dance music, and it's incredibly spooky. And their shows just have the most incredible sexual tension. It's great. Dancing in the mosh pit at their shows just feels like, you know, you're in the middle of a, um, feels like you're in the middle of a uh, orgy, which is great. Like, this is home for me. Exactly, yeah. That's awesome. Are they doing national tours, or are they just California-based? They're doing national tours. Um, They're doing national tours, and so is uh, another favorite band. is called Fiddler. Um, They're a a pop-punk outfit. They do a lot of kind of anti-capitalist stuff, which Mm. is fun. Uh, It appeals to the anarchist streak in me, so. Nice. I know you you were going about this the eventually down the like the the road of doing this in a courtroom and like fighting legal battles in the you know st- I wouldn't say stereotypical way but like the I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. See, this is what happens when you get me out of bed this early. My brain just not quite firing <laughs> on all cylinders. But I'm curious. Have you gone out and like protested like with all the other stuff? Like, have you been out in the streets? Or are you? Is your activism reserved for doing it through, I guess, technically proper channels? I mean, I've definitely worked on legislation a little bit. I feel like I, I'm one of the few people in my like professional political circles who has the um, interest in sexual liberty and, you know, drug decriminalization, um, you know, the full package of like libertine, like hedonistic activities that I really think that our state shouldn't be criminalizing or punishing people for in any way. Um, so I think writing legislation to uh, legalize 
drugs and sex work, I think is really where my passions are right now. Hell yeah. What do you think about Oregon? Yeah. Specifically, which aspect of Oregonian politics? Well, the, the fact that they just decriminalized like everything. I love it. I love it. Uh, they are doing exactly what everyone should be doing. Yeah, it, it's in my opinion. It's crazy. Um, I was talking to some friends about it. It's just like, oh, you can legally smoke crack in Oregon now, but it's a hundred dollar fine. Like, if I have a hundred dollars, I'm buying more crack. How yeah, you... it's like we're moving to Oregon. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much since Portland's like right on the Washington border, I wonder how many people from Washington are just like gonna scoot across the border, do their drugs, come back. Portland's a pretty good place for that. So <laughs> it is. Well Yeah. It's just wild to me. Like, yes, states should have rights and everything, but we have very fucking porous borders. So like just yeah. doing things, you know, haphazardly like, oh yeah, it's good in Oregon, but Oregon's major city is literally on the Washington border. Doesn't make sense for Washington to not adapt similar laws. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like my thoughts on like gun laws. Whatever we do, yeah. we should figure out some national fucking plan. If we're more restrictive, less restrictive, it should be something national because it makes no sense that California is surrounded by like some of the most gun friendly states in the nation and has crazy draconian gun laws. Oh, it's it's true. You know, I'm from California, and um, you know, even as someone who's you know, finds the concept of like personal defense uh, important and sexy and politically relevant. Um, I had never shot a gun until last week while I was in Nevada. As you do when you go to Vegas. As, As you do, yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was uh, not like the movies. I will I will say that I had you know the only being from a liberal California city, um, the only contact I've ever had with like firearms of any sort was you know like tv shows and action movies and I don't think I've ever had an appreciation for the complexity and sophistication of the machine like, I didn't realize that when a gun goes off it's just like it's it's a big deal oh yeah it is a <laughs> big yeah. fucking deal like they're yeah. very simple but very complex machines the fact that like if you move your hand a quarter of an inch depending on how far your shot is, you could wholly miss your targets. The problem, yeah. much like sex work and group sex and so many things with all sex, <laughs> there's so many misconceptions when it comes to firearms. Yeah. Because all people know is stuff from fucking movies, television. And in a lot of cases, the people writing that shit have no fucking background in it. That's for sure. That's, I mean, that is for sure. That's the same reason, like, you shouldn't be taking a dating advice from television or a rom-com. Because this is just yeah. some writer's fantasy that has been greenlit and put to screen. It may have no basis in reality. That's for sure. Yeah. It's wild. I, I have a fairly extensive, like, armed security background, so... Cool, cool, cool. That's Can actually... Tell me more about that. So that's actually kind of how I got in the industry. Like, I'm originally from Chicago, Whoa. and I was doing armed security, and, like, I kind of fell into the industry because... The bar I hung out at had a Burning Angel night, and there was like seven, yeah, seven performers that worked for BA at the time living in Chicago. And through them, I met more people. I started roadieing for girls, like started going on the road with people, and like worked conventions, providing protection, shit like that. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. So it, it's that's so interesting. You it, wow, it, it's a wild path for almost anyone. Almost anyone who's not actually on screen, it's a weird path to get here. 
Yeah. Uh, so you were the uh, the defender of, you know, adult performers at conventions and the guy who's scooping dollar bills on stages when people were feature dancing. And was that a fun job? Is that how you ended up? Here? I, I I enjoyed it. I always had a good time with it. Some gigs were better than others. Um, some gigs were bad on my own of my own volition. I definitely have made some poor choices in my life. Definitely got uh, kicked out of the hotel room with the performer I was working with at AVN 2014 because I brought someone else back to the room and they got into a fight. Like, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a bad 5 a.m. choice. That was a bad 5 a.m. choice. But yeah, that's, that's life. Are there any good 5 a.m. choices? <laughs> sometimes yes, sometimes. Some- I've heard that the AVNs have a lot of good and bad uh, 5 a.m. choices that happen during the week. Definitely. Well, and it has definitely gotten a lot less wild over the years. Hmm. Well, and a lot of that is because... Damn, too bad. <laughs> well, a lot of that is the prevalence of, you know, mobile phones and cameras being everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. people have to get, you know, you have a reputation that you have to uphold. You have an image you have to uphold. And nobody's going to want to, you know hire you if you're sloppy fall over drunk at the circle bar and there's yeah. proof of it like you know those things definitely happen but if someone's like sitting there and it ends up on the internet so i mean there's still definitely wa- plenty of wild shit that goes down but it happens more behind closed doors these days avn 20 that makes sense. avn 2012 i was just at circle bar and like someone got disrespectful to a performer and we almost ended up in a bar fight like at the circle bar because some random dude was talking shit to a, you know, a, I don't want to name drop who it was, but like a right. fairly famous performer yeah. at the time. And like her boyfriend was like, what the fuck dude? And we're just like, well, I guess we're in this. And thankfully it didn't escalate, but like shit like that used to happen all the time. It's just a crazy volatile mix. And it's just been the least the last couple of years I've went is not, not as crazy. That's, that's a shame. I got into the industry at the wrong time. There's never a wrong time to get in this industry. Come on. Well, actually, with the COVID happening, it might be not the most opportune time, but not the wrong time. I'll I'll go with that. Well, I'm bummed that the avians won't be uh, won't happen this year because you know it sounds pretty wild, and I um, <laughs> I would be looking forward to it if they were happening. They're all they're always were a good time, and I am honestly bummed that it's become more of a fan convention than it was when I first started going. It was really mm. just a trade show, like it was. Yes, fans were there. They had fan packages, but the fans were definitely an afterthought. Hmm. Every day had hours that were industry only. Um, I think hmm. they're still doing. At least I twenty eighteen was the last time I went, but they at least had Wednesday only was industry only. But it used to be like hmm. three four hours of industry only before the fans were even allowed on the floor um, because of the previous venues' rules with the state. The booths weren't allowed to sell anything, which it's great that everyone can make money now, but mm. it was more about networking than, you know, not as much about making retail sales. Networking in this industry just seems fun, though. I have never met more interesting people who than I have in the past couple of weeks, honestly. It's always nobody in their second grade classroom is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? A pornographer. No one. <laughs> So this is always for everyone a detour from what they originally wanted to do in life. So it's always an interesting story about 
how we ended up here. Thankfully, it's becoming more and more acceptable. Like, though, I guess one of the good things that has come out of the COVID pandemic is because of OnlyFans being so socially acceptable, hopefully more and more sex work will become socially acceptable. That's the goal. That's, uh, that's my life mission is to work on that. And, I mean, we're getting to the point where, like, you look, I look at my Twitter and, like, my, my Twitter is filled with industry folks, comedians, and a couple other randoms, but it's like some of the female comedians are, are doing OnlyFans now because they have no stages to get up on. I mean, everyone's taking nudes and has been taking nudes. It's just part of our dating landscape these days, so it just makes sense to, you know, put art in its correct place. Definitely, and I yep. feel like such a prude. I have never actually taken a nude. Not one. You've never taken it. You work in the porn industry and you've never taken a nude. Nope, because I know that once it's on the internet, it's there forever. That is that is also fair. <laughs> so I'm like, no, no. If you want to see my dick, it's got to be in person. <laughs> well, I interacting with people in person is fun and more fun in every context. Like 100. So. percent I, yeah. I I've taken I've definitely taken like the erect picture in my boxers and you know with someone I was intimate with like oh my god you're turning yeah. me on like but never like full on just like dick pic like I I never I don't think there's a really a good flattering angle for like a real dick pic like implied. Implied dick pic can be artistic. Definitely, definitely. You gotta dress it up a little bit. Yeah, right, like, yeah. You know, women are always talking about like you know, gray sweatpants season. They're never talking about just like dick out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you have, if you don't take nudes, then what have you been doing during quarantine? You're looking at it. You're looking at what I do during quarantine. You Skype. You Skype. All right. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, you're giving away your age here, Skype. Skype. It's 2020. Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> Skype's yes. so last year. <sighs> Maybe in your educational and legal circles that they still Skype people. <laughs> no, I... Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> but since you're two weeks into the industry, what the hell have you been doing with yourself? Well, um, <laughs> watching a lot of porn. <laughs> um... Uh, I have been, well, the first part of quarantine, I was working on, coincidentally, I had just moved into a giant warehouse that we were trying to turn into a new warehouse venue um, on the model of the previous era of warehouse speakeasy concert venues. Uh, and so when everyone else was like stuck in their apartment, um, drinking wine with their cats, I was like locked in a warehouse with uh, like 10 really gorgeous people. So that was a pretty fun quarantine phase. Um, I will say when you're like locked in a warehouse doing ketamine with people for like two months, you get to know them very fast. You end up like a very tight, very tight uh, and conflictual group very quickly. It's, it's very, it's a really interesting experiment. It kind of felt like being on a reality TV show. It could have yep. been. If you had just set up cameras, it definitely could have been. You could have been selling that right now and been, you know, even expanding your brand even more. Oh, especially because one of my uh, housemates was a contortionist. So we, we could have been, like, you know, making millions on OnlyFans like six months ago. I mean, honestly, you could just move right now. You could move this reality show to Oregon and do the ketamine on camera because yeah. it's been decriminalized. That is a good idea. Yes. All right. Interview over. We're just going to move to Oregon. I'll pick you up on the way up. Awesome. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I know we just let's met today, but we're doing this. We're doing this right now. We're going to throw our careers away. It'll, it'll be amazing. 
I mean, I think, I think given the way that Oregon's going, I would be surprised if we're not shooting porn in Portland in 10 years. I mean, there definitely is some interesting stuff that is shot in Portland already. It's a lot of kink stuff, as oh, far yeah. as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, like San Francisco. A friend of mine, I know there was a site, I don't know if it's still there, where uh, the male talent would be a corpse, or the one of the performers would be a corpse, and then would come to life in the middle of the scene. Like, that was the whole kink. That's hot. That's hot. That's great. I wish I remembered the name of the site, but uh, I know a couple of people that have shot for them. They're based out of Portland. That sounds like fun. I would do that in a heartbeat. Well, hopefully they see this and they're still around and they can book you. But if Cal- yeah, if oh, California boy, continues to get more restrictive on sex work and shit like that, because you know, the AHF keeps trying to force shit down people's throats. The condom rule. The condom rule that was passed a few years ago. Yeah. Evidence that Sacramento does not know what the heck they're talking about. Well, and that comes from the fact that we don't have lobbyists. We well, not yet. Not yet. Not we yet. Don't, we don't have not any yet. real lobbyists. We definitely don't have lobbyists on a federal level. Which is so ironic because you and you and Xander Corvus were making this point the other day, and it has stuck in my head because I've seen it happen that uh, the standards that federal politicians apply to everyone else are not the ones that are applied to Washington hotel rooms. So. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Escorting's alive and well in DC. It it really is. I was while I was a congressional intern, I was nude modeling in the city. Uh, you know, just doing some amateur stuff for fun. Um, but because I was, you know, in those circles, I would talk to girls who were escorting for politicians and I won't I won't say any names, but there's some very deep irony in the people who are passing anti-sex work legislation and then hiring 18 year olds to come like lick whipped cream off their chests in their hotel rooms after meetings. So. Yeah. And, and I got no problems with it except for the hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, just apply that standard to everyone else and we're fine. Right. So speaking of a similar situation like that, what have you watched the new Borat movie? I have not, but I've heard I've, I've heard some about it. I've heard that um, Rudy Giuliani hits on someone who's underage. So they misrepresented that in a lot of the articles. I actually watched the movie. There is zero mention that the actress's character is 15 to Giuliani until mm. after he's about to pull his dick out. That just seems like manipulation of the scenario for film, to well, be it, honest. It, it seems like a manipulation of the media's bias on it so the character's 15 the actress is 24 in the scene before they go into the hotel room they're having drinks together on camera with a whole camera crew there okay so Giuliani is still being a creepy piece of shit like he's touching the small of her back he's like oh you're doing well honey like touching her hands like and then she's like let's have a drink in the hotel room where it was all hidden cameras the when the when the headline was like Giuliani pulls his about to pull his dick out for a 15 you know what was supposed to be a 15 year old was m- not exactly accurate. Yeah, that's also anti-sex. Ultimately, I mean, it sounds like Giuliani. I, as much as I, I'm not a particular fan of his. Um, sounds like if you're in a situation where someone's inviting you up for sex, that's that's consensual. I don't. Yeah. Know. Oh, exactly. I mean, she set him up. She yeah, set him up to look like. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely set him up to look like a fool. 
but she's also a 24 year old model. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 24 and 15 are not, it's pretty hard to uh, make that mistake. Well, and you'd think like if she was a 15 year old, the camera crew would have been like, uh, no drinking for her. You'd think for real. Yeah. I mean, that's an implicit, if someone's drinking, they're not, they're not 15. I also, well, and they also, they said the scene that she was interviewing him for a political, like a conservative television show. Like, who would think that a 15-year-old is the host of an interview? It's not real. It's just, it seems like just an anti-sex story, ultimately, to me. It does. They're looking for looking for a good headline, and yeah, it's an easy one. I, I, I think Sasha Baron Cohen fucked up by barging in when he did, because Giuliani's dick on camera would have been hilarious. Because it was coming out. <laughs> I have tucked many a shirt in my time, and I've taken off multiple lav mics in my time. I have never laid flat down in my bed and put my hand down my pants <laughs> when I was just in the company with you know a 24-year-old model who apparently was DTF. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not blaming Fair? the dude. She's, she's gorgeous. Fair. It sounds like you would not be easily uh, caught by Sasha Baron Cohen's jokes, so... More power to you. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know, my dick would have been on the internet because it just would have been out. I, I probably would have gotten caught. I probably I wouldn't have been a creep like Giuliani was, but my dick probably would. Yeah. Probably. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully one day I'm famous enough where I am the subject of a Borat joke. That That's the goal in life. That's, that's true. That That's a good point. That's a pretty good gauge of um, notoriety. Right? Like, I'm worth pranking. But it's it's amazing just in the political climate of 2020 where, like, people will misconstrue everything. And you have to, like, you have to look at everything under a fucking magnifying glass. Because everyone has a fucking agenda. Like, I am not a fan of Giuliani. Like, the last time I was a fan of Giuliani was on 9-11. And not right, before. Right, and, like, not on 9-12. Yeah. Like, just that day. Yeah, you're you're a fan of a, the doctor when you're in the operating room, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. please, doc, save my leg, please, right, right. And I'm not a fan of Trump, like, and I don't think anyone who listens to the show ever would concern that I was. But when the man passes something that actually benefits people or does something that isn't wrong, I'm not there to like just be like, I'm going to call him out on another fault. Like, no, we have to. For society to improve, we have to actually be able to admit that, like, people we don't like are not wrong all the time. I certainly agree with that. I And that, I'm going to get on a pedestal here for, like, a second. Maybe a little, that is one of, there, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that we are, I feel we are missing in America is nuance. Like. I agree. Shit's not black and white. A lot of stuff is, is black and white, is differentiated, but is differentiated, but, but. Yeah. <laughs> but not everything. Not everything. And no. the, the problem is the, the majority of the populace treats it as everything is black and white. You got to look at everything by case by case basis. Word. You are, you are speaking my language. <laughs> I think you're. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree. At least for me, I feel that the people should be willing to try taking in new information and like admit when they're wrong. Because you can't be right 100% of the mm -hmm. time. I agree with that 500%. I mean, I study politics, so I have, I'm in the unfortunate position of knowing my 
opinion on every single issue. And, you know, when you look at like the full spread of my takes on the world, it doesn't line up with any major politician because I'm all over the board, but, um, and nor should it because in the grand scheme of things, we are voting for the person that most aligns with us. No one is going to be perfect. It's just like getting into a relationship with someone. No partner is going to be 100% perfect. You're going to have to take some good with some bad. Yeah. 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 Like, no, Hey, they're hot. We have fun. Uh, but they have this wild opinion I'm not into. Like, you got to decide, is this a deal breaker I've, for me? Yeah. I mean, I have sex with people on both sides of the aisle, both on camera and off. So that's definitely something that I've learned to be. I think I'm, I'm politically literate on both, um, both ends of the spectrum, which I think is an advantage when I'm trying to flirt with cute girls at bars. So <laughs> I think so too. I, I'm, I'm curious. What is, your yeah. diehard red pickup line for you pick up see a cute girl at the bar and she's like wearing a MAGA hat. How do you roll? No, I mean it depends how cute. <laughs> real cute, like real cute. Oh man, uh, I mean it's easier with a boy in a in a MAGA hat or a guy with like a libertarian shirt because they've inevitably read Ayn Rand, <laughs> so I can just be like, we'll be like, wow, I really loved Atlas Shrugged. Have you read it? And then we're just, I'm in his pants. It's great. Well, I mean. <laughs> That's why I'm asking about girls, because we're stupid. You're hot. We're stupid. <laughs> That's how that rolls. Like you could I'm sure you could roll up to a dude in a MAGA hat and be like, Bernie or Boston, and be like, I'm out. I'm still down. I mean, I think with girls in a MAGA hat, it's like, hey, can I like buy you like a pink rhinestone gun? And then then, then you're, you're done. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> what caliber of pink rhinestone gun though? What caliber? Oh, I mean, I feel like a Colt 19, like, fits fits in a purse. Uh, that's got to be a pretty big purse, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Have you seen porn star purses? They're, they're pretty big. Uh, well, yeah. they're either ginormous or next to nothing. It depends on the outfit. Like, the setback the the yeah. is huge. What you show up on a red carpet with is tiny. That is true. It's true, because you don't need to carry 500 pairs of underwear with you to the red carpet. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's why you hire someone right. like me at a convention and I carry all that garbage for you and the 20 fucking pairs of shoes why 20 pairs of oh, shoes for five me. days why will you carry all my panties when the com- avians come back if <laughs> you're paying you. sure <laughs> yeah this, this is a capitalist transaction I don't do it for free oh of course not no no we got we got a thousand dollars a thousand dollars an hour for uh, uh, suitcase carrying sounds good uh, hold on this is on camera <laughs> I agree to a thousand dollars an hour. Hold her to this for ABN <laughs> 2021 or 2022 because 2021 is the next one. Oh God, I hope it's back. <laughs> it'll be hopefully it'll be back for 2022. Hopefully we'll be through this garbage. But I got an offer for a thousand dollars an hour. Audience, hold Jamie to this because that is the best rate I'm ever going to get. <laughs> if I am. I'm uh, successful enough to be at the AVNs 2022, then you you got it, Matt. You got it. <laughs> oh, little does she know you don't have to be very successful to make it to AVN. Fuck yeah. You're going to do this trip at a fucking huge loss. <laughs> fucking payday well, for me. Doing it. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. I'll make sure you have a good time. Like, I, Great. But I'll also make sure that you make it to your <laughs> signings on time. I'm a good roadie. Like, I. Except for that one time, I'm I'm a pretty good roadie. Like, Excellent. 
I, like my Yelp stars are like four point five. <laughs> one time. What's the? Oh, I mean the the audience has what's heard your, this. What's, what's the one time? <laughs> when I brought a girl back to the room at five a.m. Oh yes, yes, yes. You mentioned this earlier. Yep. Yeah. The, yep. I'll, I'll get into the story a little a little bit more. Yeah. So like, I was sharing a room with the performer, and it was a suite. It was a two bedroom suite. Like, well, not two bedroom, but like a bedroom and then a living area. I was crashing on the couch, and you know, I brought another performer back to the room at five o'clock in the morning, and we were drinking and. The performer I was working for came out and was like, hey, just keep it down, guys. I'm like, no problem. And then, you know, one thing started to lead to another. And then the performer I was working for basically just burst in the room like, get this bitch out of here. Like, that's how she said it. But to be fair, we were loud and interrupting her sleep. But the performer I brought back to the room literally tried to fight her. I had to, like, hook her around the waist and carry her out of the room. That's a... That's not a great night. Damn. No, no. And then I got locked out of the room. Hotel security gets called. Fuck. And I'm like, I'm perfectly calm in this situation. I'm just like, yo, mm-hmm. yo, yo. Her shoe, like the girl I brought back to the room, her shoes are still in there. Go mm-hmm. in there, get her shoes, and take her back to her room because she was staying at the same hotel. And then I will deal with my client. I'm like, you, sir, you have to calm down. I'm like, do I not seem calm to you? They're like, actually, you really do. I'm like, yeah, I'm not worried about this. Yeah. <laughs> so they get her, the girl I brought back to the room, her shoes. She, they escort her back to her room in the hotel. I'm like, sir, you're going to have to leave the property. I'm like, my, no, no, no. My name's on this room, too. I will go chill poolside until she calms down, but I'm not going anywhere. Then, mm-hmm. you know, about an hour later, she texts me, like, you can come back to the room and go to sleep. I'm like, thank you. And then, yeah, we did the rest of the week. Because that was on the first night of fucking ABN. Because I'm an idiot. Uh, that's. I mean, I personally would expect my roadies to bring at least one girl or boy back to the room per night. So, well, the the problem was, I knew this. The client didn't quite understand this. Like, the client wanted to fuck me. Like, she hired oh. me because she wanted to fuck me. And oh, so this was not this was not her getting mad at her roadie. This was her getting mad at the person she wanted to fuck for fucking someone else while she could right. hear I mean, it. Like, right. Little, okay. You know, like. I totally would have fucked her if I wasn't working for her, but like, I'm not lo- looking yeah. to fuck with my paper. Yeah. Like you hired me to be a roadie. I'm not going to fuck you now. I know. There's a slight level of professionalism to me. Slight. And that, that that's the line. If she just been like, come out and be like, yo, we want to fuck her. Like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. You just got to put that, like, you got to put it in writing. Be like, all right, we're fucking, but it doesn't impact our professional relationship. Yeah, the, the, and that, that contract up. <laughs> that was the fear. Like, I'm like, if I yeah, put it me, in her, I'm not getting paid for this week. And like, my rent's more important than like getting laid. Yeah. Because there are definitely a couple points where we're like, oh, she's just naked in the hot tub while we're like, or in the jacuzzi while we're in the room. And I'm just like, hey, yep, we're here. This is a thing. Not making any moves. That's been like a real dilemma for me on porn sets. It's like, how attracted am I allowed to be to like, co-stars before it's like is it is it is that is that part of the job is that appropriate is that ethically wrong i don't know i'm i'm unclear <laughs> i mean it's, it's a situation by situation situation yeah situation yeah. By situ- wow there's a lot of situations um <laughs> yeah well it all depends like does your scene partner have a relationship what are their rules like and right. you may not be privy to that like unfortunately that's kind of some of the drama that happens in this industry sometimes is like sometimes people go outside of their relationships because they're into their scene partner when the cameras stop rolling and that's outside of the rules of their relationship 
I've heard that dating in this industry is very hard, which is really sad because I'm from like the world where everyone is bisexual, polyamorous, kinky. And if people can navigate like a like triad relationship where like someone's a sub and someone's a dom and someone's a switch that it really doesn't seem like, like it's kind of sad to me that porn performers can't differentiate between, you know, well, that open relationships can't work. Yeah. The, it works for some people, but the problem is, yeah, you have some performers who don't particularly want to date other performers. Mm-hmm. And then you get like the world of civilian problems. I've, I keep here. I, I think it's so funny that, you know, I've only been doing this for two weeks. So I think it's so funny that, we use the word term civilians for people who don't do porn on camera, but um, well, I mean, it makes sense. There's a real difference in understanding of how, like, the significance and meaning of sex. Yeah. Well, on a, definitely. One, 1,000%. And on, on top of it, the problem is a lot of times the people that are actively pursuing performers are the guys that want, are interested in performing because they want the bragging rights to be like, I'm fucking the object of your desire. They've already mm-hmm. objectified you. They have not, they're not thinking of you as a person. They're thinking of you like, that's right. That's number 22 on Pornhub. Look who, <laughs> look who I'm fucking. <laughs> but then the minute you got to go back to work and they're like, but, 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 but you got to fuck somebody. But, 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 I, their brain can't handle it. It's the savior complex. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to date you for porn and I'm going to save you from it. And it's like, no, no. But you'd be amazed how often that happens. You'd be amazed how often people throw away fucking thriving careers over some Captain Save a Ho motherfucker. <laughs> Captain Save a Ho. I was you and Spencer were talking about this and I was cracking up like right here, like last night doing my research, listening to you and Spencer talk about that. And I, I think it's totally spot on. Yeah. It, it's just a it's a thing. And then yeah. because of puritanical America, also just people can't handle the fact that like their partner's having sex with someone else. That's so dumb. I mean, maybe this is, maybe this is just me from my ridiculous background where I've been having like, like threesomes as a regular function of my relationship since like day one. Uh, but I think that's crazy. Like, I don't know. It's like, if you love someone, shouldn't you be happy that they're having more sex and more joy in their life? Like, Definitely, but I mean, it, it's yeah. not a thing that people come to, like, because of how they're raised, how they're treated, right. you know, childhood, adolescence, all that shit. Like, it's not something that people generally come to organically. Like, you have to be thrust right. into a situation that gives you the idea to take a pause, step back, and be like, okay, this is fine. I mean, when I first started dating performers, like... yeah. It took me a minute to be like, it's cool. Like the first performer I like dated and I had some feelings for like, I wasn't sure I was going to be cool once she went off to set, but I also wasn't going to blow up her world over it. Cause like, I know what I signed up for. It'd be a complete hip, yeah. complete hypocrisy to be like, I know you're an active performer and I'm going to get upset that you're going to work. That That is totally fair. Especially when you watch it, like the the visuals and the understanding of what's happening is like very hard to, <laughs> hard to disconnect from. Well, and it's just, you know, when you get into relationships with people, it's like, you know, you want to be like my so-and-so and my so-and-so like, that's my person. Like you have to disconnect the physical act of sex from like emotional intimacy. Like for me, yeah. 
I can I don't think I can do polyamory because polyamory implies that we're all sharing the emotional connection. Like fuck who you yeah. want. Like if we're open on a physical level, that's cool. But I can't deal with if you're not coming home to me. Yeah, I I can I can resonate with that. I think uh, open relationships are a lot more fun and easier to navigate than poly relationships. Yeah. So, and I'm like, I don't think I'm not knocking anybody who can hold it down. Like, I'm not knocking Michael Jordan yeah. for being able to slam dunk. It's just not something I'm capable of doing. That's totally fair. Yeah. And that's the yeah. thing. You got to realize your, you know, your limitations in this world. Like, it's unfair to get involved in someone, someone else's poly relationship because that's where you want to be. Because it's like, oh, I want to date you. I want to be with you, but the only way I can do that is be in this poly, polyamorous relationship. If you're not down for it, you shouldn't do it. Like you shouldn't lie to yourself. You shouldn't hurt other people's fucking feelings. That's true. At the same time, the plot of like every major film in the world would be much easier if we didn't have like the romantic dilemma between two or three different people as a major plot line. Like, if, if the love triangle was just e easily solved by, all right, you can fuck both of them, preferably at the same time, preferably as, like, a double-teaming, like, Eiffel Tower situation, then I think movies would be a lot more fun, personally. I mean, they would be definitely different movies. Yeah, that's true. Well, and <laughs> They'd be porn movies. <laughs> they would be. Well, it's crazy yeah. when you look at the, the average rom-com. Like, some innocent person always gets shit on in those movies. Mm -hmm. Like, in a lot of cases the existing partner in the love triangle is not a bad person. They're like very rarely like an abusive piece of shit that the audience is like, Oh yeah, you should definitely leave that dude. They're like some poor innocent bystander that the leads are like, yep, your feelings don't matter. We're out. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Oh, it's true. It's very true. Like, uh, one that comes to mind is serendipity with, uh, John Cusack and, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Where, like, they mm -hmm. meet on chance, like, go on a great date, and then go their separate ways, and then they're both in fucking engaged when they reconnect. Like, both of their fiancés are good people, and then they just fucking leave them. That's so crazy. It's just, like, keep fucking everyone. Like, keep fucking everyone. Have more sex. Have more orgasms. That's, right? That's but my stance, personally. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all for that, but, in like, if that was a real-life situation, it's like, that's fucked up no matter how you do it, because, like, everyone's fucking, but, like, yeah. <laughs> their original fiancés have, like, emotional expectations on... Like, no, but... Right. I have a theory on why Americans are so um, rigid about monogamy and the idea of, like, one partner forever. And I think I think it's because we are so fixated on the idea of property rights. Like, because we're told, like, in our, you know, constitution, and like we, we want a house, we want our property. We're like, this is my property. I defend it with my guns. And that's, that, is, that is what it means to be an American. I think that people have that same mentality when it comes to their partners. No. Like, this I, is my lady, and yeah. Mm -hmm. I 100% I agree. And then I'll yeah. give you the the added part of popular culture shows women as the prize for being the protagonist of your story. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, I'm here to defend my property rights. That's my property because I'm the protagonist <laughs> of this story. So right. I'm entitled to this shit. Because once again, as I said earlier in the show, all this pop culture is just the imagination of someone else who wrote it. It's not real. Right. All right. I mean, and who's who's usually writing it, you know? <laughs> Honestly, I'm amazed there's not more porn with, like, super ugly dudes and really hot girls. Because then, like, 
you know, your average porn consumer could be like, that's right. If that dude could bang her, I could bang her. <laughs> oh man, I feel get bad for the guys in porn. It seems like such a, um, I, I've loved working with all of my male co-stars, but it, it, all of the camera angles and stuff are so focused on the women. It's just, it seems it, having to be the machine in the context seems like less fun than, um, oh, yeah. there's a reason I've never wanted the job. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I first started working in the industry, like, of course, like all my dudes, they were like, Oh my God, dude, you're going to, you know, you're going to be fucking a porn star. I'm like, Nope, no, I am not. I have mm-hmm. zero desire because you are a prop as a male talent. You are a prop to make you look good. That is your job. Like, it's not necessarily to have enjoyable sex. It is to be a prop to make them female talent look good and pop on command. To get it up for someone you may not be sexually attracted to. Someone who, in some situations, may be just flat-out aggressive towards you in between takes. It's happened. I mean, you hear stories. Um, man, I value... Really? Oh yeah. I mean, there's there's that's, definitely people that just awful. don't vibe. That just don't vibe. Where like, yeah, one or the other of them just there's no connection. Or like the minute cuts called, like they're pulling out their phones. They're not interested in. It happens. It's not that's every a time. Bummer. It is. It is a bummer. But it's the reality of being male talent. Not everyone you I... work with is going to be into you. You're not going to be into everyone you work with, and. To do the job right, you got to be able to get it up and keep it up on command. Make whoever you're working with look like a fucking star and make it look convincing. And that's not a job that everyone can do. I mean, I I hope to personally make it an easy job for everyone to do. I've, I, I've had the pleasure of working with really wonderful people so far, but I think that maintaining like good energy between takes is important. It's like... Why why stop fucking the second they turn the camera off? That just could, totally ruins the energy of the scene. Like, I don't know. Um, I agree. I, don't know. I, I agree, but like, that's not everyone. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. you're two weeks in. Did anyone take you to a training class yeah. and be like, welcome to Porn 101? No. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. I've had, once again, the most surprising thing about the porn industry to me has been how fucking vanilla everyone is. Like, I think I've done, I've done so many more ridiculous things off camera than I will probably ever be asked to do on camera. And But so. that's also the exception, not the rule. There are so many people okay. that are 18 and just like, I want to get in. Yeah. And you're given very little guidance. Like, you were right. signed with a reputable agency. Yes. How many people get into this industry not represented or represented by, like, some fly-by-night fucking agency that aren't given very little guidance. And it's not in that fly-by-night's agency. It's best interest to give them fucking guidance. Right. Unfortunately, that's the nature of this, you know, formerly outlaw industry. It's like the average porn career lasts six months. In my time, you know, there were, I was working for a lot of people that were top tier when I got in. They've been gone for years. Mm-hmm. For one reason yeah. or another, you know, people find their captain save a hole. They leave, they get shot out, they get bored. They get married, they, yeah. yeah, they get married. There's a hundred reasons people leave this industry. They just realize that like, it can be a fucking lonely place because of mm. the hurdles of fucking dating in this industry. And just 
they get lonely and they're just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. Mm. Mm. And it's not necessarily in producers' best interests to try to retain mm. talent. I've heard that. And it's, it's, it is sad. That's for sure. <laughs> it is sad, but it's also a business. I fucking love everything that I'm doing. And I just really want to, want to be good at it. If mainstream kept calling and like, it was right around the time that you wanted to go to Harvard. Which way would you go? I mean, I can always go to Harvard. Yeah. So you do the mainstream first. Do those. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think people who are the nerdy answer to that is the later you go to law school in your career, the more successful you are in law school, and then the faster you get to the top of a law firm or activist platform, etc. Um, but I don't know. I want to have. <laughs> I want to have fun first. I mean, for fuck's <laughs> sake, we're in California. You don't actually yeah. have to go to law school to be a, a lawyer here. It's true. It's true. I think you can you can clerk with a uh, federal judge. Um, that's what Kim Kardashian is doing right now. She's clerking with a federal judge in order to skip law school and go straight to the bar exam. Actually, in California, you could work crazy. for a, a law office for three years. You only have to clerk with a federal judge and yeah, go too. take the bar. I know because uh, I had a whole cockamamie scheme to get one of my get the party lawyer to move from Illinois to here take the California bar and then me hang out with him for three years and then take the bar myself just for the fuck of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you'd be great at it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. If you can handle a podcast, you're going to handle law clients for sure. If you can handle being the roadie for dramatic porn stars at the AVNs, you can handle working with people in legal situations for sure. For the audience, Jamie has known me for an hour and 30 minutes (laughs) and she's already making this assumption. Uh, that is I, not true. I have heard over probably 40 hours of your podcast. Oh, Jesus so. Christ. I'm sorry. How'd you feel when you found out I got chlamydia? Everyone in this industry does. It's not a big deal. It's like getting a cold. Exactly. It is the porno yeah. flu. Like, Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's also, I think porn stars actually have a lot better sexual health practices than a lot of people in the real world. Oh, I mean, 100%. If you're getting tested every two weeks and you're mostly having sex with a pretty insular group of people that is already getting tested, then like, even if somebody catches something, then yeah. Oh no, 100%. I, I've said this multiple times on air that I am yeah. more of a threat to part performer partners I have than they are to me, which is also a weird uh-huh. stigma. Also a weird stigma when I do date civilians who are like, I mm-hmm. can't believe you, you know, fuck dirty porn stars. I'm like, whoa, whoa. You are much bigger of a risk. Like the last one who said that to me, I'm like, I know you had unprotected sex with someone else two weeks ago. And I'm certain you didn't have a test in between us. Yeah. It's like, no, I got a clean, we, we, we got a, we got a clean license. This is fine. We're fine. Right. The rest of the world that's fucking up. Exactly. Exactly. But it's crazy that the stigma is still there. I will say I, while I was in Vegas, um, going to the like testing clinic every couple days for, you know, we typically do it for like STD panels for safety of industry. Um, but we've also been doing that really frequently for COVID. So at seven 30 in the morning, every major porn star in Vegas is at talent testing. And I feel like I've met some of the coolest people standing in line for COVID tests, which is really just a benefit to me. Like that's how I met Xander Corvus. I was like, holy shit like i'm just i'm just chatting with this person who i've whose work i'm very familiar with um just in line i've seen your dick dude yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. well and xander's great people yeah absolutely hey 
I know he is clean and sober these days. I miss drinking with him. I do. I will. I will always say that it is better for him that he stopped drinking. But I miss drinking with him. Understandable. You, you know, you gotta you gotta substitute it. Just do like a fuck ton of coffee. Like, yeah. Not the same. Not the same. But not the same. It's okay. Like I, I recognize that 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 is a selfish desire on my part, and not you know good for my friend. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. I am all for um. I'm all for drug decriminalization because I think people should have complete control over everything that goes in their body, like chemical, sexual, whatever at all times. Uh, but you know, part of drug decriminalization is giving people the tools to do it safely and healthfully. And that's not always possible. So I agree. Uh, I am all for, you should be able to put whatever you want in your body as long as it doesn't negatively affect others. Now, if you've made the choice to have a monogamous spouse and a family, well, you may want to reconsider what you're putting in your body because it does negatively affect other people (laughs) at that point. But if you're like, I'm a single dude, now I'm going to fucking do this rail, you know, fall down a K-hole, maybe wake up (laughs) in a couple days. That's on you, bro. Like, have fun. Are you saying the housewives shouldn't be doing ketamine? I, I don't... Well, I, I'm saying here? if they're doing it together, that's fine. That's well and good. But if you're, like, leaving her at home and she doesn't know what you're up to, like, there's no agreed-upon social mm-hmm. contract there, that's negatively affecting yeah. someone. Like, if one of you's a junkie... Yeah, the Don Drapers of the world, yeah. Right, right. Like, if one of you's a junkie and one of you's not, that's a problem. If you're both, like, taking hits off the crack pipe yeah. together, Cool. You're both signed up for this. I do like, I do think that, you know, in my ethos of like substance landscape, I think, I think that it is nice when you are in common company to be on the same wavelength, uh, you know, in our society when one person's drinking and another person's often drinking. And so you're on that same, like slightly wavy dimension. And I think that's nice in the, in the psychedelic world as well. I agree. Last Last time I did mushrooms, like, I was having a blast, but I'm like, man, I really wish like I had someone on the couch like to experience this euphoric feeling with. It's no fun without other people. Like you want someone to take on the journey. It's like, okay, we're on this little Lord of the Rings journey. I'm a hobbit, you're a hobbit. It's, it's time for second <laughs> breakfast, motherfucker. Yeah. It's no fun alone. No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta find you got you gotta find the weirdo that connects with you on that. Like you you can't just be like Day one. Exactly. Hey, by the way, like, I'm gonna get wildly fucked up. I hope you're down with this. Like, you, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. You gotta. <laughs> you can't just can't bum rush someone with that one. That's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, it's just like weird kinky sex stuff. It's like you can't. You gotta ease in. You gotta. You can't. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't do like vampire play on the first date. It's no, like, you you definitely work. can't peg someone on the first date unless like it's explicitly talked about beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that you know that reminds me of another thing I've been thinking about. The porn industry is like coming from the kink world. Like you show up on like date one and you do like a list of like things I'm into, things I'm not into, things I'm kind of into. Like, let's talk this out. And I really think that the porn industry should implement that. I think it would be both effective and fun for scenes and also hot if people like sat down and were like, yes, pull my hair. They're like, yes, choke me out. Like, that's hot. I'm into that. Let's do that for the scene. But don't do, I don't like, don't lick my feet. Like that was like, if people had that parameter and like sat down and talked about what they're turned on by, I think that 
porn would be a little crazier and a lot and uh, happier for everyone. I don't know. It would be. I, I think that would more work for like OnlyFans content because True. like when you show on a like you know a set set, like, they have an idea of what the scene's gonna be. But it's true. What's been really good, like in my tenure in the industry, companies like Gamma have started adding to their model their twenty two fifty seven paperwork of like what the no's are, which is yeah. important. Is fucking important. You know, back in the day, that you'd never see that on twenty two fifty seven paperwork. You'd never see like don't spit in my mouth, don't slap me, don't like whatever it is. Now it's clearly spelled out like on the like these are the no's. That's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Like we as an industry with no fucking outside regulation are taking steps forward. It's fucking yeah. important. Like that we're actually adapting with the fucking times. Absolutely. I'm the more of that the better, honestly. If you know what you shouldn't do, then you know what you can do, and then you can go crazier with the stuff that you can do, which is fun. Exactly. As long yeah. as it's within the, the pretext of the scene. Like because all of a sudden, like right. if the pizza guy chokes you unconscious, like what just happened here? <laughs> I mean, I always want my pizza guys to choke me unconscious. <laughs> How much do you tip on getting choked unconscious? Uh, I don't know, like an extra, extra 40. I don't know. <laughs> How many pizzas do you order that you're tipping 40 bucks? Jesus. like I, I'm a very sexual person. I don't know. <laughs> Man, I can't wait till you are a fucking filthy rich because you just throw away money. Like, I'm going to just... I, I'm looking to be your leech. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. I'm just going to leech off you. I'm sorry. No, I'm in. <laughs> oh my god! I hope I can be I hope I can be successful enough that I can be the person with the mansion who's letting all their friends crash. That's that's the dream. Well, I'm in. Well, we have a new studio coming up in a couple of years when Jamie makes Great. it real, real big. Like we're just gonna build a new studio. I'm just gonna podcast from her house. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, 100. If I become Sasha Gray, then everyone can podcast from my house and sleep. Oh, well, not everybody. I, I'm jealous. I'm like just the sex, can, <laughs> the sex can go wherever. Like no, only one podcaster. Like. Okay, we got one. We got one podcaster. We got one bar. Yeah. Oh no, no, we need multiple bars. Look, <laughs> what is this communist Russia? One bar. I don't agree with that. Not one bit. Fair, fair, fair. fair. Have you made it outside of the U.S.? Because like one of the other things I love to talk about with performers, and everything is international travel. Because I feel that more people need to experience more of the world than just the states. You don't really get a grasp of like empathy for other people and just what the world's really about till you travel to other places. I agree with that. I uh, don't have a lot of international travel under my belt yet. Um, although I will say that, you know, one of my first conversations in the industry was I asked a uh, Russian co-star, I was like, Oh, like what's, what, what is your experience in the industry? Like, and she was like, well, you know, if you, if you travel to Prague, you do a lot of anal, so that I now know to when I when I do embark on international travel to uh, never ever go to Prague. Oh, you don't want to shoot for legal porn, porno and get like four dicks in your ass? Like I don't know. I'm pretty picky. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Ask me in a few years. Charlotte's a very tiny person. She This is true. There. Charlotte, Charlotte is the bravest person I have been, you know, I know everybody says like, it's ridiculous to watch porn for the plots, but she and Lance's dialogue is like the cutest, like most like enduring hot, uh, aspect of her videos. And I think that she's just incredible and charming in every way. She is. And the, yeah. And the fact that she could, you know, Perform that sort of crazy sex act just gives me uh, mass amounts of respect towards her. 
So. Uh, Charlotte can do whatever she wants, and she could just able to. It's amazing. It's like this defies like time, space, and physics, but it's somehow happening. Golf clap, golf clap for that. All about it. So, have you made it anywhere outside of the states, or? I went to Costa Rica, which was pretty cool. How was that? Like, just what'd you do? Yeah, um, I mean, I spent a lot of time having sex, so there's... <laughs> surprise, um, I surprise! Was, mm. I was traveling with one of the uh, many boyfriends in my, like, ongoing binder of boyfriends that I have at all times. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, we can't walk away from that. The binder of boyfriends, so... Boy, yeah, binders of binders of on binders, yeah. Jeez. Like, are you just chewing dudes out and spitting them out like they're gum? Like, how's this roll? No, 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 no. I just, it's, it's one of the many dimensions of friendship for me. I just feel like a really good, a really good friend is someone who you can also fuck for 12 hours. I mean, I hope you hydrate during that, but. Oh yeah. You you take, you take wine breaks periodically. Yeah. Wine whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) Proper, proper. So Mm -hmm. like. What are relationships like where you you just, you know, like, oh, this is just an extension of our friendship or. I mean, every, everything under the sun. I'm also like, I I don't know what the standards are in the industry. I'm being honest about this, but like, I'm very bisexual. So like I date, I date women too. And so the range of what a relationship is to me is just a ridiculously wide, widespread, but I don't know. I'm a hedonist. I love people. I love sex. I love genuine connection and doing, doing substances and having crazy, crazy times with people. I like flirting and uh, making out with people are like my favorite activities in the whole world. So. And this should be almost everyone's. Yeah, absolutely. And like, once again, like binders on binders, I just think that as many people as you can have a good time with as possible is the way to do it. I don't disagree, but do you ever get lonely for like someone to be a primary? I don't know. I mean, you don't have to know. Like, Honestly, I feel privileged to be. I, yeah, I'm surrounded by enough beautiful people that, you know, that's what I want. Hey, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, no judgment. Don't, don't, yeah. I'm just curious. Because someone who's you know, occasionally like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, a primary would be nice. And then I'm generally there for like an hour and I'm like, no, nope, this is a mistake. <laughs> fair. Fair, and, fair, you know, fair. And like, no one should be judged by, oh, this is the heteronormative. Like we have to you know, pair off and pump out 2.5 children and have a white picket fence. Oh no, I'm very against the white picket fence. Absolutely not. Mm. 2.5 children. No fences. Those are okay because, like, you know, half a kid's hilarious. You got to yeah. figure out what side you want. Did you get the top half and or the bottom half? Or I don't know where I'm going with this. That's one of the things that, like, we as a society should move forward to is like everyone being accepting of whatever everyone else's choice is, as long as no one is getting hurt in it, intentionally hurt. Because unfortunately, because of human interaction, you know, hurt happens. We've all been there. Like, it's true. It's true. It'd be impossible to be like, oh, yeah, nobody gets hurt. Like, mm, nope, nope. Without fail, someone has expectations that aren't met or a hundred other things that go sideways and someone ends up getting hurt. But as long as you're not being malicious about it. That's my take. That is my take. Yeah. 
Do any of the members of the binder ever get weird? Does anyone like, Jamie, I want to wife you up. Oh, it's happened. It's happened. I've been proposed to a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Obviously. I mean, I give good heads, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Like, this is just like, a matter of fact, like, death, taxes, and Jamie getting proposed to, these are all the inevitable things in life. Yeah, it, that really, it's like, you know, you could set a clock by it. <laughs> Oh, am I interrupting the current proposal for today? Like, do we have to cut this short? <laughs> I don't know. You know, let me check the clock. It's not five yet. So now. <laughs> oh, they, they proposed at happy hour? Interesting. The, yes. <laughs> you know, I don't believe in the institution of marriage. I don't believe in property rights. And I don't believe in eternal monogamy. And, like, my values and desires, like, don't align with um, the perfect American monogamy. Um so I think that there's there's got to be a better way to do it. And so I ended up in um, the poly scene. Well, I also don't think perfect American monogamy really exists, except for people that are repressing themselves. I, I mean, I agree that I think it's people who are repressing themselves somewhat. And I also, um, one of my greatest uh, influences is Dan Savage, who runs a podcast. Are you, you familiar? A little bit. Familiar at all? A little. He runs like a sex and relationship advice po podcast. And he's been talking forever about like being the idea of being like monogamish which is where, you know, you have like a person, but everybody's pretty chill when something happens outside the relationship. And I think that's just like consistent with what I understand of human psychology and sociology. It's like, we're always going to want to fuck like the girl with the really nice titties in the room. We all are. I will too. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all down for LA monogamous. Use condoms yeah. with everyone, but your primary. Yeah, absolutely. As much as everyone jokes about it, it's like actually a real thing. Like just almost everyone I know is like, yep, yep. That, that's my primary so like we raw dog but everyone else is like con we use condoms it's cool we're monogamous also how i got chlamydia but <laughs> it I, happens it does no big deal that's why i talk about it on air and i laugh about it like my audience has heard this multiple times but like my biggest beef about that whole situation was that the my primary didn't take ownership of the situation that's not great no that is not great why i stopped sleeping with her you should like that is that is the thing is like honesty is the most important thing in um well yeah all, when ethical, I, all ethical relationships and friendships yeah yeah when i piss dirty i immediately hit her up i'm like yo you need to get tested like i came back dirty and her immediate response is like you obviously fucked someone else it wasn't me that's not great I'm like Hate cool to see it. have a good life yeah yeah like not, not upset that this happened we were agreed upon non-monogamous your lack of ownership yeah. in the situation that's a deal breaker. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like in this industry, like, you know, it's extra important. If it's important to everyone's job, you know, 100%. Well, and, ethical about it. in honesty, if you're having multiple partners, like, and you're an active performer, you really shouldn't be sleeping with civilians. Like, cause they're no, just a fucking no, wild no. card. Well, after having sex with several porn stars, I don't know why I ever would. <laughs> I don't know why I ever would. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I got no good reasons. I got maybe, no good yeah. reasons why you should. Maybe someday someone will figure out that puzzle. Like, well, maybe. Uh, no, I, I am. Off the top of my head, I have no good reasons. Except, nope, nothing. Zero. Zilch. Just fuck other talent. I... I agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I think it helps with the art too. Like if you're attracted to someone on set, I think it really helps to you know, mm. lean into that. 
100%. It's better art, yeah. 100%. Because obviously the scene is much hotter when it looks like both people are into each other. Yeah. I will say the most magical moment in porn so far was showing up for um, the scene. It's already been released, so I can talk about it. Um, With uh, Naughty America, when I showed up, had no idea what was going to happen. And uh, the spectacular director just like i showed up and he handed me a halloween costume he was like all right you were at a halloween sex party with like these two other like stunning female actors and you were sharing your boyfriend alex mack with these with spencer bradley and sandra lubrick and i was like number one this is what i do in my personal life and (laughs) number two (laughs) these are the most beautiful people i've ever seen and this was the best day of my life Oh, I, I love Sandra and Professor like that. Yeah. Like, man, that that that's a moral conflict for me because I don't watch scenes with my friends in them. So it's like Yeah, that's fair. I, I kinda wanna watch that scene, but I also don't want to watch that scene. Like, ah oh. <laughs> it's like, damn it. Damn it. It is in VR, so I will say that like unless you have an Oculus, it's probably um It's probably lost on me. It's still watchable, but it's uh, the the true experience is really not felt unless you have an Oculus and you have like everybody's titties in your face. So. How about everyone else? Watch this scene. Tell me how it is. I'm not going to watch this scene with like three people I know. I consider I know you now. So like, like oh yeah, we're friends now. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. Little do we know, like, if this was in person, we'd be cutting our palms and like, yo, blood bonding at this point. So oh, 100 percent. Yeah, we would, <laughs> blood. It is. <laughs> she was like, Wait, what's pack happening pack. now? <laughs> what have I signed up for? My, my agent totally didn't tell me about this. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Oh, you've never done a blood pact? Maybe. 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 <laughs> but please, audience, let me know how that scene is because I'm not going to watch it. I'm not. Unless someone involved is like, Matt, you have to watch this. Like, you have to watch it. Otherwise, well, that just came across like I'm just asking one of my friends to tell me to watch the scene. <laughs> Everyone's going to at you after this. Well, Matt, you have to watch it. You have to watch um, it. Yeah. If anyone listening is looking for it, though, it's on NaughtyAmerica.com. It is the party girls scene uh, that starts on a party bus and ends up in the gay hotel penthouse. So it's pretty sexy. Mm, pretty nice. sexy. I, this is the one that I was talking about that had a smoke machine involved. So... This one is definitely art. It is not just for fapping. Yeah. It is no, it's for both. It's it is for both. And well, that's also, what I said. Not just for fapping. Not just yeah. for fapping. <laughs> exactly right. This is this is mainstream art, right? This is this is one that blurs that line between pornography and art. Exactly. Can you hold? Yeah. Can you hold on the fort for like twenty seconds because the whiskey is running through me. I, me too. Me too. All right. Well, let's time out. Bio break. Time out. Yeah. Cool. We'll, all right. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm back. Hello. Hello. Well, we just had a refreshing bio break. I think we just emptied our bladders because alcohol. How full was that bottle when we started? <laughs> I would have to consult the camera. I could not tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, I am pouring more myself, so. Well, cheers to that. Cheers to that. Is it an acceptable? I think it's it's 3.30 in the afternoon now, so we can, we can drink. It's 6.30 in D.C. We're good. It is 6.30 in D.C., yep. Yep. And they're all doing coke, so... Well, we're not doing that on camera. <laughs> oh, of course. Mm-hmm. We're in California. That would not be proper. Oh, no, I was, speak- I, was, I was speaking 
to the uh, loose morals of our elected leaders. Oh, yeah. The, the hypocrisy of our elected leaders. Right. Unfortunately, they're one day, maybe they'll just be like, yep, doing rails. I, hell, <laughs> I, I think that was one of the best things about Obama was the fact that he was just like, yeah, I fucking inhaled. Absolutely. It's just a point of respect at this point. <laughs> Who in their right mind believed Bill Clinton was like, oh, I took a puff, but I did not inhale. <sighs> yes. Yeah, especially... <laughs> Especially considering... It's like playing just the tip. Like, oh, come on. I'm just going to stick the tip in. Like, no one has ever just stuck mm-hmm. the tip in. Not once. Right. No. Right. I'll say, I am a, uh, a governor of California right now um, who's, and I think, a very charismatic individual. Um, when he was in his earlier political career, um, had a lot of, uh, a lot of personal shenanigans uh, going on, including, you know, cocaine and uh, sex with his campaign manager's wife while he was mayor of San Francisco. So the fact that he hasn't loosened (laughs) regulations on um, substances or sex work for anyone else is a little bit disappointing. It is. It is. That's probably because he's thinking about his political career now about what's right. Right? It seemed like it was all right for you when you were mayor of San Francisco, but all right. For fuck's sake. Schwarzenegger, when he was governor, was like, yep, totally banged the ho- fucking housekeeper, had a kid, and he was a Republican. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, everyone. Just deregulate it. Like, shit, shit is not absolutely falling apart in Portugal. They're like, yep, countrywide. I'm so glad you brought that up. You you know the history. Cool. Yeah. I know nothing. Don't, don't believe the hype. Like, I, I, I'm just... A- <laughs> I'm just a drunk with a microphone. I don't know shit. Uh, for the audience, uh, Portugal, Portugal legalized drugs, or at least decriminal legalized some, decriminalized the rest. Yeah. So, and they've had excellent results. Well, and that's the thing. Like, on one hand, I think we should actually full on go full legalization and taxation because it would be a great mm-hmm. tax base. Marijuana has proved oh, that, like, yeah. Colorado, Oregon, even California are making so much fucking money off legal weed. Yeah. If you're like, hey, here's legal heroin, <laughs> there'd be money to be made there too. Now, the problem is yeah. you got to get the balance of because there's still a black market for weed because of so much taxation. It's the same reason moonshining still fucking happens. When you're like 40, right. 30, 40% tax on this fucking product, people are going to try to find it other ways, especially when they don't have to distill it. All they got to do is fucking grow it. That is true. I, you know, I've never encountered the. The moonshine market, but I believe it's out there. Oh, I mean, one hundred percent is. I mean, people are still doing illegal stills. It's not as prevalent as it was, like obviously during prohibition. But there are definitely still people making moonshine to avoid paying the fucking taxes on it, and that's why alcohol tax is not as prohibitive as marijuana taxes are. the The other problem is if we went on full legalization, is like what kind of fucking bullshit hiccups would we get from the government on it? Like, it's not just like, oh, it's legal. There would always be, you know, strings attached. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just like the fact that sex work is legal in Nevada, but, you know, only at Bunning Ranch and only like a very, under a very specific parameter of um, loopholes and taxes. Well, I've talked about this on here before, like on paper, those regulations make sense. Like, hey, if you leave the brothel for over 24 hours, that you have to get retested makes sense. The problem is mm-hmm. in practice, that means that the brothel owners are like, you got to stay here for a minimum of two weeks because they're picking up the cost of your testing. Right. You got to figure out how do we make legislation that makes sense that isn't just overly restrictive, but still protects the public. 
that is, I think, the the trick. And I think that you really need more people who have done sex work, um, which I am I am not that person, but I know a lot of people who have. And it's like we need more voices of the people who are doing this work and doing this labor, like we making the laws. It's just like the fact that we have unions for auto workers making auto regulation laws. We should have sex workers weighing in on how to best regulate sex work. It's just, just common sense. It is, but unfortunately, sex workers get pushed to the back of the bus. Right. You know, what was the last time when a sex worker testified in front of Congress or a state legislator? I do think that the stigma towards people who are sex workers is something that really needs to be worked on in society. It does, especially because of how prevalent it is that people consume sex work. Exactly, yeah. It's a spectrum. I mean, I think OnlyFans is a form of sex work. I I think porn um, occurs at the interaction at the intersection point between acting and sex work. And I just, you know, if we just broadened that definition and looked at it as a, you know destigmatized the whole industry, I think a lot of people would be better off for it, especially young women, um, LGBT people, a lot of the types of populations who are uh, pushed into sex work for any reason, because it's more lucrative than with the current federal minimum wage, I think, I think all those people would benefit. 100%. And we don't want to see people getting the sex work because it's a place of desperation. No, absolutely not. Yeah. If it was decriminalized or legalized, more people would get into it because it's lucrative, not because they're desperate to do it. And that is the only thing boom at the moment because COVID made people desperate. Right. And it's, Awesome that it's becoming more mainstream accepted, but it also sucks that it took a global pandemic and women being desperate to do it. It's true. Although I've heard the point made um, that we are only a few years away from all of our political candidates having a backlog of nudes out from when they've been sending them through college and you know grad school and their early careers because everyone nowadays takes like naked photos themselves and produces content essentially, but, uh, you know, hopefully like 20, 20 years down the road, all of our presidential candidates will have had nudes out from when they were 24 and no one will care. Oh shit. I can still run for president. My dick's not out there. <laughs> yeah, you, you could. I mean, and if AOC's nudes happen to get released ethically, I'm all about them. I was hearing the, um, discourse between you and, um, Xander about whether or not it's ethical to make AOC porn and, um, I tweeted at her about it. She didn't respond. (laughs) She didn't respond. I I tweeted at her multiple times about it. No response. Damn. Damn. I guess it's, it's the same question as like, if it's ethical to make Ted Cruz porn, like the the answer should be. I mean, if that's what gets you (laughs) off, I'm not here to judge. (laughs) I will say that, you know, if someone calls me like a Senator or like Madam president during sex, I'm definitely not turned off. (laughs) But representative does i get it like you only higher stations for you only the higher stations like i I think i would take congresswoman but that's that's pushing it i think i really like senator jamie or like senator jet no one refers to senator Senator jet is hot yeah Yeah. (laughs) senator jet can i come may i come senator jet i would you know that is not usually my role in the sexual world but you know if someone wants to call me a senator on a porn set i'm all about it i mean you guys could definitely set it up like a full-on like Man, that'd be a obnoxious set to build, though. God, I will say that on my bucket list, I want to have sex in the Oval Office at least once in my life. 
Well, hopefully not with the next we've couple of goals, occupants. No, 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 <laughs> no. Wait until we have some cute presents. <laughs> right. What does uh, Kamala do it for you? Um, Kamala helped write Fasta Sesta. Um, so I have some personal distaste for. Um, well, what you her. should do is, Let's you know, you should edge her in this lever high and dry. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of my big beefs with like her run for the president and then her vice president. Mm-hmm. She was like, yep, this is one of the people that uh, helped write this fucking bill. I've been anti Fasta Sesta since the day it was passed. It's just such a ridiculously written piece of legislation. And it is crazy that even the people who say that they stand for the rights of women and marginalized women are still pushing the forward the, with this bill because uh, just statistically speaking, um, ever since Fasta Sesta made it a lot harder to advertise online for clients, um, population of people who do like in-person like client set work, sex work has had to move back to like a by the streets model, which is a whole lot less safe for everyone involved. Whatever said you, like can, a, you can you yeah. can vet clients, then pimps yeah. get involved. Like yeah, I had a dear friend in college who used to use Backpage before Fasta Sesta was passed, and you know went back to a pimp for the first time in her life um, after Backpage was shut down because there just wasn't any other way to do it. And it was really tragic and scary. And I think that, um, you know, I one of the big political pushes that I will be public about, you know, as a in my acting persona with my, under my stage name is that we need to repeal Fasta Sesta because it is not doing any good for anyone. No, it's just harming people. It's, yeah, absolutely. it's just harming people. Yeah. Yeah, it may it may help a couple of lives, but it's harming. The bad is wildly outweighing the good. No, sex trafficking is a fucking horrendous like crime against humanity, and we need to be fighting that with everything that we have. But equating all sex work to sex trafficking does more damage to the exact t- types of people who you're trying to help. Right. So, if yeah. you just decriminalize sex work, mm-hmm. the people that are being trafficked could attempt to contact law enforcement without fear of being arrested, thrown in prison, deported. Yeah. And then you provide right. a safe working environment for the people that are consensually doing this. That is exactly right. We need to re- like repeal FOSTA-SESTA and then start to work on decriminalization of, you know, at least at the state level, um, consensual exchange of any physical manual labor for money it's not it's like people do horrible things with their like bone structure and back for construction sites it's sex work is not any different oh hell <laughs> go be a coal miner right it's like that's that's a whole lot worse for your body like ultimately right um, yeah I, I totally get from you know back in the day you didn't want promiscuous women you didn't want sex work because sti's would kill you they right. kill you. They kill whole swaths of the population. Syphilis would just wipe motherfuckers out. We have fucking vaccines and antibiotics. It is 20 fucking 20. HIV it isn't is. even a yeah. death sentence anymore. Not that I want anyone to get HIV, but it's not like, oh my God, I got HIV. I'm going to be dead in five years. Right. And honestly, you know, going from the civilian world of just people who have recreational sex to the uh, porn world of like very scripted institutionalized sex um i think that you know the the model that we have for testing every couple weeks like 
if applied to the general population, like if everyone was testing every two weeks, then people could humanity would be a whole lot better off. I mean, even we went to the old school model of testing once a month because you know it used to be a twenty eight day test to try to fight uh, some of the uh, condom laws that eventually passed. That's when the industry went to the twenty uh, the fourteen day test. When I first got in, it was a twenty eight day test. I I've been learning about this history. Yeah. So even a twenty eight day test because. The average civilian in like maybe once every six months, maybe. And here in LA, you got no fucking excuse. You can go to any of the LA County clinics and get tested for free. Literally just walk in mm-hmm. and be like, I would like a test, please. Yeah, you're not gonna get 24 I mean, hour results. Sounds adventure, yeah. Like I, I would totally get like the the hesitation if you had to like file an insurance claim and like potentially pay out of pocket for every fucking test. Like the fact that right. performers are paying what's the standard panel like 140 something right now 200 dollars. up to two, oh yeah because covid shit up to 200 no it's 200 for stds it's a it's 35 for covid yeah. okay it's been a hot minute since i've gone yeah. through mm-hmm. talent tested because i'm not a performer like i fair. would only i would only go get That's talent at, i'd only get t- tested at talent testing right before avn because it's like eh, here here's my uh you know my screen <laughs> like because you know shit happens but otherwise i just go through right. the county and get it done for free no one's expecting you to drop 200 every fucking two weeks, but you can fucking get tested for free and it's yeah. irresponsible not to. The world should do it. Yeah. It should be easy. We should have a testing clinic in every corner. Yeah. For that and COVID right now, I think the diversification of healthcare access and well, making those services available for people like it, the, the porn industry has proven that you can COVID test everyone involved in a project every two days of the week for a relatively low cost and everyone's fine like if porn can do it like why can't everyone do it i mean i'm still the personal opinion that it's still pretty risky just because like the difference between the sdi tests and COVID tests are you make a conscious choice to sleep with someone else offset you don't necessarily make a conscious choice to be in an environment where you could get infected with COVID. Like right. you could just be like, I'm going to the grocery store to pick up my fucking, you know, my food and my prescription for something else and get infected. So it's, that's, that's also fair. I've been a little critical about how fast the industry went back to work, but I understand that like, yeah, no one's giving us PPP loans. No one in a lot of cases are giving you PUA fucking coverage. People got to fucking eat risk versus reward. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to take this slightly risky proposition and do it the best way I can so I'm not fucking homeless. I get it. Mm-hmm. it it's just how it is. Because unfortunately, our federal government, the SBA, says, oh, I don't care if you're an LLC. I don't care if you're an S-Corp. You don't qualify mm-hmm. for a fall, small business loan because you're a sex worker. One of the things that we haven't been talking about in the um, story of what's been going on during COVID is like what happens for people in those industries. Like, I know that, I mean, if we're, even if we're just talking about legal sex work, I know that there are a lot of women who do ex- strip club dancing and, you know, in-person performance-based events that are really suffering and you cannot get a small business loan as a stripper. And I think that's a fucking tragedy. Um, And before people like, oh, my God, fuck Trump on this, that was an outstanding SBA rule. That was not a Trump administration. How the Trump administration didn't do shit to help it. Right. But you can't be like, oh, fuck Trump on this one. Like, as much as I'm not that dude's fan, this was pre-existing. But it's still fucked. You are not committing a crime. I understand with our current set of laws if they're like, yeah, you can't get a small business loan to be a drug dealer. <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair. Like that, you, that, you can to be an investment banker. Yeah, which honestly hurts more people in a lot of cases. 
Right, right. Toxic fucking mortgages before the bubble burst definitely negatively affect a lot more people than your average drug dealer. Being a stripper, being a, you know, a porn performer, these are all legal, legally protected jobs. There is yeah. no reason that they can't get SBA loans or at least be covered under the PUA to get that fucking bailout. Except for puritanical bullshit. I, it, it's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. And the fucked up part about it is I'm sure if a strip club was set up the proper way that their parent corporation could get the PPP loan. So like, how hypocritical is that? Like, oh, hey, we're a strip club proprietor, but you know, on the books, we're a nightclub conglomerate or something. We can get this shit. But the person who's actually out there shaking their ass can't. What the fuck? I mean, it's a labor issue. Ultimately, it's. America doesn't have a shortage of those. Shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we do. We really, we really do. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and between, you know, at-will states and... Uh, yeah, I don't want to compare porn to regular manual labor, but, like, what I do should not be worth, like, seven times what, like, an average person does in the day, you know? Well, no one, no one should be making minimum wage. Like, the right. fact that, like, if you're making minimum wage and I order something and I tip you 10%, like, that I've almost but effectively doubled your hourly wage, is fucked. Right. It's super fucked. It's also, the tip industry is just bad for everyone. Like, except the, the men the, get tipped less. Well, that's the thing. It's like men get tipped less. Pretty girls get tipped more, but at the expense of like dealing with awful, awful sexual harassment often. So it's really everyone loses. It's like men make less money and women put up with more bullshit. Which 100%. <laughs> and like, this is something I've, I don't know if I've talked about on air, but like, that's a problem with the previous generation. Like, because I was definitely encouraged by my father to like hit on weight staff that was being polite to me, not even necessarily flirty, like polite to me. Like, somewhere in the previous generation that, like, oh, a woman's being polite with you. You should ask her for her number. Like, no, she's doing her fucking job. And that's something I didn't realize that was fucking wrong until like my mid 20s, till I had friends that were like female friends in the service industry, like, oh, I can't believe that creep wouldn't leave me alone. Like, oh, shit connection like that's unwanted you're at work you can't fucking leave i came to that realization how many people don't Pro i wish uh, more of the world was more like you <laughs> oh you know this would be a wild place if it was but that's the problem like we as men as part of like the tox toxic masculinity thing is like we don't express or know to tell our sons like hey that's not cool that person is stuck at work and having, has to put up with the bullshit. Cannot just walk off the job because you're giving her a hard time about trying to ask for a number. Of shit. Yeah. I just think that there's like, I think Americans in particular lack an understanding of how to flirt and come on to someone in a way that's genuinely sexy and enjoyable. I think, you know, hitting on the waitress, not the way to go. Uh, I think that there are a million ways to approach someone that are interesting and fascinating and fun and sexy and like that is what we should be teaching like our sons and daughters is like no don't hit on the waitress like engage people in these other ways like i agree when we just need yeah. to teach people how to read the fucking room like yeah absolutely yeah. don't just be like put your desires out there and like just project your desires like 
no, no, no. Try to be empathetic. Try to like actually absorb what's going around you. Like, yes, 100%. Like, there's been times where a server has actually been flirting with me. But 99.9% of the times, they were doing their fucking job. And you have to like try to be able to determine that. And like, if that means not taking your shot because you can't tell the difference, don't take your fucking shots. Mm hmm. Yeah. Once again, that comes back to like the bullshit of your, you know, you're the protagonist in your story and you're owed sex, you're owed your princess. And just because your princess is wearing hot pants and a Hooters shirt doesn't make it true. That is for sure. That is for sure. I just, um, I think that an opinion that I've always had, but I think I probably take from the kink scene and from like the very like sexually communicative scene is that um, the debate around, you know, in the modern era, as people have been talking about the need to like obtain consent more, um, people complain, well, you know, it's not sexy when you have to like stop and ask, like, can I kiss you? And I think, I think if there's one thing I could tell, you know, everyone in America who's currently grappling with that is like, no, that does not need to be a thing that reduces the, sexual tension in a room you can see you can say things like what would you do if I like pushed you up against the wall and made out with you right now and like what would you do if I like took you upstairs and fucked you and those are options for people to those are opportunities for people to voice consent or non-consent that are like sexy and fun and if people just framed it like that then I think that <laughs> I think that everyone would be a lot better off I agree I agree yeah we also just need to yeah. get out of people's heads that like yeah consent is unsexy because I've definitely right. been with partners in recent memory who have flat out communicated to me. I don't like it when a guy asks, I, you know, I rather he do it. And then like, we talk about it after I'm like, okay, I definitely like full on slapped a partner. Like while yeah. I was inside her, cause that's what she expressed to me. It, yeah. And then she was not into it. Like, well, that's the thing is if you talk about it beforehand, it's like, well, I want to do this hot, sexy, naughty thing to you. Like, what would you do? And if they're like, uh, uh, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, like, like if they're turned on by it, then you do it. And if you don't, if they're not, then you don't. And it's, well, you know, it was just one of those things. Like, she flat out told me, like, it turns me off when a guy asks for permission. I'm like, okay, this is what she told me. <laughs> Everyone's different. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Everyone is different. There are no hard and fast rules. I would have much rather had that conversation beforehand. Like, are you okay with this? But if it's going to turn yeah. you off, like, I'm not going to have that conversation. Like, it's a lose-lose yeah. situation. We just need to break the stigma of asking. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that the mainstream world could learn from the BDSM scene is, like, Fifty Shades of Grey is pretty cheesy, but, like, in the real kink world, like, people sit down and talk about, like, this is what I don't want. This is what I do want. And once you know that information, then you have the freedom of license to do everything on their yes list in a really enthusiastic way. And, you know, if you, if you know, you can slap someone in the face and spit in their mouth, then, and you can like fucking go for it, then that's hotter. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause the last thing you want is like to do something and then the recoil, like, Oh my God, I can't believe you do that. Like, I definitely went down on a partner that was on her period and she was kind of like, Oh my God, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, sorry, my bad, I guess. Sorry. You're not into that. Like I was trying to get you off. Like this probably should have been a discussion beforehand. 
Oh, good for you. You got your red, red wings. <laughs> yeah. As, as I said on the episode with Xander, I'll pull a clot out of this it. fucking yep. beard. I don't give a fuck. Man, if you ever want to, if you ever have a podcast with four people on it, you want to invite Xander and Charlotte, I would love to be on that episode. I think we could probably make that happen. I, I would love that. It would make my year. I think what we'll do is we'll post-COVID try to do that in person in Vegas instead of like, I've told my audience this multiple times, like, the show must go on, but I hate these, I hate remote shows. The- right, like, I, yeah, it's so, it would be so much better to be, like, with you in a bar over a table recording that right now. Right. I wish, yeah. And we will definitely do it post-COVID. Hell yeah. Like, by that point, you will be ruling this fucking industry. I'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe I got Jamie back on. No. <laughs> she says that now. She says that now. She's only two weeks in. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Oh, you're freezing up a little bit there. Nope. Oh. Oh, 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 there you are. Okay, right, cool. we're back. Cool. Yeah. Jamie okay. doesn't know. Let me... She doesn't know. She's only two weeks in. A year we from now, know. I'm going mean... to be... A year from now, I'm going to be like, Jamie, do you please want to do the show again, please? <laughs> And she'll be like, if, right. if I got time for you, maybe, maybe. I'm so busy. I'm having a great time. I will, you know, even if I, even if I do get good at this, which I highly doubt. Like, yeah. you already got the right mindset. Like, one of the things that like I tell people to get into this industry, like especially as in New York, that you have an exit strategy. Like, there is a ticking clock on being a performer in this industry. Right. Only the smallest percentage of people are able to do this for as long as they want. The Nina Hartleys, right. the Lisa Ann's are the exception, not the fucking rule. Right. And so many people come into this industry fucking delusional that they think they can do this forever. Right. You've already expressed like, no, I got a plan. I got a plan yeah. post-shooting. It put well, you ahead. Also, yeah. It puts you ahead of the game. Well, I also think that I have learned since I arrived in the industry that the, um, age frames for porn are a little bit warped from what the age frames are in real life. Like it's just like when you watch Hollywood movies and all of the women playing 16 year olds are like 27. It's like, it's like porn seems to go from like you're a teen until you're 23 and then you're a milf from 23 on. And I don't it depends, understand. It depends if works. you get your tits done. <laughs> right. Oh, Right. If your tits are natural, Never. you yeah. can still be a teen for to like twenty eight, depending on how you look. <laughs> yeah. Like Things you could be twenty two <laughs> with fake tits and be like, "You're a milf now." It's just how it goes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, but you got a plan, which is you know, bravo to you for doing that. Like a lot of people, as I said, a lot of people coming in this industry misguided and like don't have a plan. They think it'll fucking last forever. I mean, do you would you would you want it to? Like, I think. I don't know. I think part porn is a go hard or go home thing. Like I want to be like stellar at it. Like I'm setting like a decade. Like I want to do this for exactly 10 years and have as much fun as possible and do as many different types of scenes as possible with as many different, like gorgeous, stunning people as possible. Um, and then I want to go represent them in court. Like, but that's people get addicted to the infamy. People get addicted to, you know, all the aspects of it. Because there's other things that come with this job that besides the money and 
the box covers. There are things like you get access to things that are just, if you were just a stripper, you might not get access to backstage pass to the show. You may not get musicians, athletes sliding into your DMs wanting to do things for you. I've, I've slept with musicians and athletes. It's not, that's not, well, it's not the sex of it. It's the fucking, the backstage access, the, all the other intangible things that come with, and it, it can become addictive. I'm not saying it becomes addictive for everybody, but it definitely can. When you're like, the party will never end, and all of a sudden someone turns out the lights on you, you go, what the fuck just happened? Where you yeah. have the right mindset where you're like, the party's going to be over eventually. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with this hangover tomorrow morning. Yeah, I mean... I also think that uh, there's a there's a real lack of um, interesting collections of stories from people who are in the porn world. I think that um, I'm I'm recording all of the like ridiculous shit that happens on set so that I can put it in a book someday. So see, you fuck, you're like two steps ahead of the game. You're like, that's right, I'm documenting this shit for a book, and I'm gonna be a lawyer. Where, I mean, I broke a I broke a casting couch, so that's got to be written down somewhere. Holy shit! How'd you break a casting couch? Uh, cowgirl. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was an IKEA couch. This was not like a really sturdy piece of infrastructure, but like I showed up on set and I was just having a good day, and um, the couch broke, and we had to like do the rest of the scene. Like with the the couch broke mid scene, and we had to improvise and like pull some other furniture in and we're like, all right, okay, this is a casting table now because Jamie broke the couch. Oh, so. fuck that. If I was directing that, I'd be like, no, we're doing this on the broken couch. Like, that's impressive. Like, why would you want to walk away from that? <laughs> that's what I said. Um, I was like, let's just keep fucking on the broken couch and leave that in. But um, I don't know if the company <laughs> was about that. They didn't make the couch. They're not the couch manufacturer. Why the fuck are they getting upset about a broken couch? Like, no, look how yeah. insatiable Jamie is. She broke a couch on what is her first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. The casting couch seems to. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I should say this on air. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, <laughs> we're going to have somebody um, off air on that. Yeah. My, um, it is funny. I feel like I keep getting asked the same questions on set over and over. Like, why did you get into this? And I have a million weird sex stories. So like, I can just keep giving a different one every time, but like, I'm like, do you want, do you want narrative continuity here? Like, do you want to know, like, are people going to be watching multiple of my casting couch scenes? I'm being like, wait, 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 wait. She's giving inconsistent answers on the three way that got her into porn. So I don't, I don't know. know. It's very silly. I think you should just keep making up stories, like just make them more outlandish as possible. Yeah. And someone will slide in. You, I like, don't need to make them up, man. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't even need to invent them. I got I got binders full of like sex toys. I feel like you have binders on binders. Like I have binders of boyfriends. I have binders of sex toys. I have binders of sex scenes. Like <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's behind that background. Just like a stack of binders. Is that just what a, it is happening? Behind? Yes. That's what the background is for. It's to disguise all the binders. <laughs> Oh my God, guys, we figured out Jamie lives in a filing cabinet. I do. I live in a, I'm, yep. Just, she's like, I'm a lawyer. Do you have clerks like <laughs> filing your binders? Mm -hmm. I got, I have assistants all around me right now pulling up binders. <laughs> well, they're slacking. They haven't come and refreshed your drink once. You've had to pour your own alcohol. That's bullshit. <laughs> you need new well, assistance, Jamie. 
I need, yeah, I need a new, I need a new lady friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't implying that, but hey, I'm happy to help. So, ladies, <laughs> slide into Jamie's DMs. She's new. She may be India. See? I don't. I just think all women are beautiful, particularly women in the in the porn industry. I'm just like, I don't know. I can't say that enough. Like, even even not in a bisexual way. I just think that like the women in this industry are incredible and beautiful and brave and smart. And I am, you know, I've been in college for you know almost four years with some like incredible smart people, and I think that I've met more smart women on porn sets than I have in college. Just yeah, you have to be pretty intelligent to survive in this industry, to thrive in you it. You really do. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are unintelligent who were came under here under bad pretenses don't last. Those are the ones that are making yeah. it under six months. I've heard that uh, girls who are recruited um, don't last as long. And I just, when I heard that, I was really excited because I reached out to my agency uh, and <laughs> like have been the um, I'm constantly calling calling my wonderful wonderful people who are working with me on it like can I do more can I do more <laughs> so I hope that that attitude, I, I heard that that attitude is a good thing for so. folks like you're two weeks in and you're already doing media you are probably the first performer I've had this new to the industry on this show really yeah wow yeah most people like are into their career a little bit. They're like, oh shit, I got to go to other media outlets to help promote myself. You're two weeks in and already you're like, oh shit, I should be doing podcasts. I should be fucking like putting my brand out there. That is an exception, not the rule. I, I had, I had no idea, but I'm, I mean, this is a wonderful time. If I could just, you know, chat industry politics and, drink with interesting people all the time that would be the dream job right? whoa stop trying to steal my job mm. that's my gig oh oh no, no no i'm gonna start a competing podcast now <laughs> i'm gonna take you i'm just I, i'm I'm not even gonna air this holy well, shit i'll have you on my i'll have you on my show <laughs> oh oh my god jamie will honor me with a spot on her show oh my god i'm so I'm fucking kidding. honored she's gonna try I'm to kidding. placate me with a shot on her show oh my <laughs> And the worst part is, because she is much prettier than me, she's going to outperform me. <laughs> Fuck. No, no, no. The people are into beards now. Like, beards are really where it's at. It's like the the the, the trendy, sexy thing. I don't have one of those, so you're winning. Flattery will get you everywhere. Flattery will get you every <laughs> fucking where. But I don't get out naked on the internet, which is also pretty popular. Well, okay. I'll keep getting naked, and you keep running your podcast. Done. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll pinky perfect. swear on you. Uh, if we were in person, pinky swear. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. Jimmy is about that time. We're gonna call the last call on this motherfucker. All right. And this has been a goddamn pleasure. I probably could go for another hour or two with you. Like the, <laughs> me too. But yeah, we will do it again soon. But before we do that, where can they find you on all the things? On all of the things. Well, I am on Twitter at Jamie Jet. XXX. Uh, that is Jet with two T's, like my hero Joan Jet. Um, and then I'm still very new to this. So I'm launching everything. But if you go to my Twitter, there's a link to everything else. I'm on Sex Panther right now because I think it's a much more personal way to interact with fans than 
OnlyFans, which I will be launching eventually, but I'm waiting. I'm stockpiling lots of videos of me getting off uh, before I launch that so that when people subscribe, they'll have a lot of content. Proper but move. Yes, go follow me on Twitter. Um, watch my VR scene if you have an Oculus. It is hot as hell. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, I've gotten off to it about a hundred times, so I'm sure you will too. <laughs> Someone tell me about um, it, please. Someone tell me about it because I'm not going to watch it because like people I like in real life, I know in real. It, it, it's a rule for me. Like I don't jerk off to people I know in real life unless I've been inside them. So. That is fair. I will. I will never watch your VR porn either. I promise. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, now I'm kind of hurt. Nah. <laughs> my my VR porn would be super boring, but I'd just be like, why is he just like hanging out like by himself, jerking off like just? No one's into <laughs> it. Well, I mean, someone would be into it because it's you know the internet. Somebody's into it, but. Anywho, I didn't mean to derail your sign off. Yeah. Watch that yeah, scene. Just, uh, yeah, I'm. Well, uh, come interact with me. I'm still, I'm still very new, so I'm talking to everyone who DMs me. So just come chat oh. with me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, do that now yeah. before she learns the error of her ways on that. Oh yes, come DM me now before I. Uh, stop doing it forever so, yeah yeah i have yeah. a feeling by the time this actually airs she will have learned the error of her ways on that but jimmy it's been an absolute pleasure and as always you can find me at matt underscore slayer on twitter matt slayer on instagram matt f and slayer on facebook you can find the twitch channel at twitch.tv slash matt f and slayer you can find the podcast at, and now we drink on twitter and now we drink underscore on instagram and until next week drink up motherfuckers